The Rams make a trade for an offensive lineman. Will he start And eight players the Rams could cut or keep? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your four-time champion Los Angeles Rams, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you haven't yet, do us a huge favor and be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Rams YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button, and let us know what is your reaction to the Rams trading for guard Kevin Dotson. Do you think he should start? What grade do you give the trade let us know my name is Doug McCain you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA I've been covering LA sports for over a decade the Lakers for SI the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation now the Rams for locked on and today I'm flying solo the people's champ Mr. Travis Rogers he's out today we have a jam-packed show for you on today's show we're going to continue to break down the Rams 53-man roster we have eight players the Rams could cut or keep heading into Tuesday's big day of cuts who will ultimately make this team and make that 53 man roster and we're going to break down the Rams trade of guard Kevin Dotson but first this episode of Locked On Rams is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So we are officially past the preseason for your Los Angeles Rams and it did not go well. They went 0-3. They were outscored 109-34. to In the finale they lost 41 to nothing. They got smoked by the Denver Broncos and from an optic standpoint it just did not look good. Yes it is the final preseason game and I always say you have to have those preseason goggles on. You can't glean too much from these games especially under Sean McVay and the Rams that aren't going to play a ton of starters and meaningful contributors, but there were guys that played that they expect to have some sort of role during this preseason. We saw more contributors than ever, and on Saturday night, it did not look good. They looked like a JV team playing an NFL team at times. There were some bright spots. I mean, Trammell had a nice game. Quindell Johnson had a nice game with the six tackles. We're going to talk about him in a little bit. I think Ronnie Rivers continues to impress. I think he's a lock to to make this team but outside of that it was ugly to be frank there was really no way around it and look the reality is like I said this is the preseason the guys that were on the field 80% of them won't be on this team so yeah you can't take too much from this it is the preseason I always say that watching preseason football especially in the last game is like going to a school play but your kids aren't even in it you're not even watching your kids you're not even watching the guys that will be on this team and I'm not saying that preseason season doesn't mean anything because it definitely does just ask the guys that are fine to make this roster but it's not even the trailer for a movie because you're not even going to see the actors that are in the movie you're not going to see Stavron and Donald and Cub and all the big key starters you're not going to see them during the preseason so the next time you see your Rams in action you're going to be able to take off those preseason goggles really assess what this team has but the biggest story for your Rams over the week it was that they made a trade the Rams were active and they brought in another offense offensive lineman. 
The Rams made a deal on Sunday night to bolster their offensive line depth, trading for Steelers guard Kevin Dotson for two pick swaps in 2024 and 2025. The Rams traded their 2024 fourth-round pick and their 2025 fifth-round pick and received Dotson and the Steelers' 2024 fifth-round pick and their 2025 sixth-round pick. So first, let's break down the deal. Now, the first thing that sticks out is, one, the Rams didn't lose any draft picks in the transaction. Now, they moved down one round in each of the next two drafts, but they didn't lose any picks. They're just going to be moved back. They're going to be in the later rounds. Now, the second thing that stands out is they did take on Dotson's $2.74 million salary for the 2023 season, and Dotson will have the ninth biggest cap hit on the Rams this year. So money-wise, it's not a ton of money, but it's also not on a minimum deal. They are going to have to pay him some money, and I think at that price, it really speaks to the role he's going to have on this team. We're going to talk about that here in just a second, but money-wise, it's not a lot, but it's not nothing. Picks-wise, they're still going to have those picks. They're just going to be in the later rounds. Now, the third thing you need to know about the deal itself is that he'll be a free agent in 2024. So if he has a good year and signs a nice contract, the Rams could get a 2025 compensatory pick out of it. Now, as far as him as a player, he was picked in the fourth round by the Steelers out of the University of Lafayette in 2020. He's a raging Cajun, by the way. I love their mascot, the Cayenne Pepper. But he was picked in the fourth round, the 2020 draft. He's made 30 starts in his first three seasons in the National Football League. He started in all 17 games for the Steelers in 2022, mostly at guard. Now, the next big question is how good of a player is Kevin Dotson? What are they getting in him? What are his strengths and weaknesses? Well, his biggest strength is in pass protection. If you look at his PFF grades in 2022, he had a 77.6 grade, 2021, a 78.4, and then in 2020, his rookie season, an 87.2. And as a rookie in 2020, in pass blocking snaps, split between the left guard and the right guard position, he didn't give up one sack, didn't allow a single sack, and only allowed one pressure. And then he followed that up in 2021 by allowing three sacks and 10 pressures and 354 snaps. That's also quality production. And then last year in 2022, he allowed a career-high four sacks and 16 pressures, but that was in 686 snaps. And those 16 pressures, that was the 10th fewest of all qualifying guards in the league. So he's absolutely above average when it comes to pass protection. And if the priority is to keep Matthew Stafford vertical and make sure he doesn't get abused like we saw last season, then I like this move. It accomplishes that. And look, we know that this team needs to score points. Matthew Stafford needs to stay healthy. This team's success or failure, it largely is hinged on Matthew Stafford staying healthy. If he can't stay healthy, this team won't sniff the postseason and they're going to end up with a high draft pick. And also, he needs time to throw. You need to let these routes develop. If you want Tutu Atwell to take the next step, you want to see him being hit on these verticals and explosives, well, he needs some time to throw. And I think that this is a guy that can absolutely accomplish that. Now, what are his weaknesses? Well, the first one is that he's not great in the run blocking department. If you look at his PFF grades in 2022, had a 61.1 grade. In 2021, a 60.8 grade. And then in 2020, a 55.1. So he's not as good as a run blocker. He needs to improve in that department. And then three, penalties. 12 penalties in 2022. That was the second most by any guard in the NFL. So you would hope that he's someone that can thrive in this system. He's someone that's built more for a zone blocking scheme. So I think that this could be good for him to improve in that department because he's already proven 
that he can pass protect. He just needs to improve in the run blocking department. And also from a discipline standpoint, you want to reduce those penalties. So overall, as a player, he's really solid. He's a decent starting caliber guard in the National Football League. Is he a pro bowl or all pro level player? No, he isn't that. But I think he's a quality addition. I think he provides depth to this offensive line. And I think when you look at his skill set, someone that is good in pass protection, someone who has remained healthy and stayed on the field, someone that brings some size and girth along that offensive line. I think he has a lot of physical attributes and tools that can really help this team. And I do think there's a decent chance he ends up as a starter. Now, I see people out there saying, wait a minute, why did the Rams make a trade for a guy that the Steelers were going to cut? Well, there was no guarantees that the Steelers were going to cut him. They value depth at that position. And also, I see people out there saying, wait, if he was going to get cut, what does this say about the Rams offensive line? That a guy that was going to get cut by the Steelers is automatically someone who could start for the Rams. Does that say something? Is that an indication that this is a bad offensive line? It doesn't necessarily mean that. Because when you look at the Steelers, they were operating from a position of surplus. And you saw what they did in the offseason. The Steelers, they signed Isaac Sumalo. He's top five at that position. He was on that Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. And then behind him, you have Herbig. You also have hit on a seventh round pick. They have a seventh round pick that has emerged in Anderson. So they were trading out of surplus. And if you're the Rams, you identified your guy. And you can't wait if you have a player that you really want. That's just the reality. If he was cut and the Rams had to put a waiver claim on him, there's no guarantees that they would have gotten him. So look, when you look at it from that standpoint, they got a guy that they thought could help this team this year. And I think it made a ton of sense. Now, will he start for the Rams? What does this mean for Joe Noboom and Ankrum and the rest of his offensive line? Well, that's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right, buying tickets to go to your favorite sporting events, your favorite concerts, the best shows that you're trying to see, it should not be a stressful activity, right? You should not be worried about what it's going to cost you and where you're going to get them. But right now, with killer deals on last-minute tickets and best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have with game time, right? Flash deals, last-minute tickets, images of your seats, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. That's why game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, a comedy show that you want to see, the theater, and much, much more. Game time guarantees that you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time is going to credit you 110% of the difference. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we are off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Rams, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And another reminder, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Rams YouTube channel. Trying to get to 8,000 before the season begins. So if you haven't yet, join the party. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button and let us know. Do you think that Dotson should start for the Rams? And also a special shout out to our everyday 
everyday listeners. We appreciate you watching every day, listening every day, and you can be an everyday listener too. Join the club. Membership is free, and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. But here in our second segment, we're going to continue to break down the trade for Kevin Dotson, his role for this team, and what it means for the offensive line, because this changes the calculus for the Rams' O-line, and the big question is, will he start or will he be a depth piece? I think if you look at the offensive line right now, a lot of positions, they're set in stone. You got Rob Havenstein, he'll be starting at the right tackle spot. You look at the left tackle spot, you got Alaric Jackson. You look at the left guard spot, you got Steve Avila. And then you look at the center spot, it's most likely going to be Coleman Shelton. So that leaves that right guard spot open for Ankrum and Nopum. And we're going to talk about Nopum in a second here because I think that this continues to add smoke to the future of Nopum. Will they trade him? Will they cut him? Will he have a role on this team? We'll get into that in a second. But when you look at Ankrum, he's someone that has started just one NFL game in his career. And when he did, he got injured two plays in. So he's not someone that has the track record in the experience of Dotson. Dotson started all 17 games last year at the left guard spot. And I see what you're saying. You're saying, okay, that's Steve Avila's spot. Well, guess what? Dotson, he started all four years in college at the right guard. He's played right guard during his NFL career. There's no reason why he can't just shift over there and start at that position, especially when there's a chance that there's no one that's better in front of him. That's really what it comes down to, right? It's a meritocracy, and if he has the talent and he has the ability to take over that position, I don't think they're going to shy away from that. Now, Ankrum, he has looked solid as a run blocker, and it's interesting because Ankrum's strength is Dotson's weakness, and I think they're going to prioritize, like I said in the first segment, keeping Matthew Stafford upright and healthy because that is how this team is going to have success this year. And also, I think that they think that they can improve Dotson as a run blocker in their scheme. So I think a change of scenery and I think a change of scheme is going to bode well for him. So I think this tells me that this Rams team, they weren't happy with their offensive line depth, and they also think they could get an upgrade at that right guard position. Because, look, we're just a few weeks away from the opener and it's probably unlikely that they're going to right away thrust him into that role and plug him in there as the starter at right guard. But as he continues to familiarize himself with the playbook and early in the season, he earns some snaps and shows this team what he can do. I think this Rams organization could move to him as a starter very quickly here. And I think at the beginning, at the outset, it's probably going to be a situation where they're trying to assess what Ankrum and Nopum can do. And if they can't play the part, then I think you play plug him in there as the starter. But you don't make that trade unless you envision him as a starting caliber guard. Now, you don't make that trade unless you think he's going to have a prominent role on this team. So I think that eventually he will. I think we look at his talent level, his skill set, the fact that he stays healthy, unlike a lot of alignment on this team when we saw from last season. I think he's someone that absolutely is going to play a pivotal role for this team this season. I think it's only a matter of time before he ends up as the starting right guard. Now, if that doesn't happen, that's still okay. If all he is is a quality depth piece, this trade is still a win for the Rams because when you look at what they gave up, if you look at the salary, it's still a low-risk move. And if you look at the offensive line right now, Coleman Shelton, 
he, in my opinion, is already guaranteed to be the starting center. And I think he's going to be starting at that center spot, and he's the one that had the optionality. He could play guard, right? Now, you don't have that, and the only other guy that you have that has experience playing right guard at the NFL level is Tremaine Ankrum, and he started exactly one game there in his career. So if the floor is just quality depth, I'm okay with that. But when you look at the ceiling and the upside, he's someone that has the potential to start double-digit games at right guard for the Rams this season. So I think early on, they're going to closely monitor how well Ankrum plays. If Joe Nopum is in the mix, they're going to assess where they have that position early on while Dotson familiarizes himself with this playbook and these schemes. And then eventually, I think he gets plugged into that position. I think one way or the other, whether it be injuries or he just earns some reps and starts to impress the coaches. And you'll see as the season moves along, he'll continue to get more reps. I think he'll eventually be the starter at that position. Now, as far as will this have the same impact as the Austin Corbett trade had in 2021. I would say there are some similarities. If you look at Corbett with the Browns, it wasn't a scheme that really fit his skill set. And he goes to the Rams. He provides some stability to an offensive line that was in turmoil. They were in disarray. And he immediately becomes someone that they can rely upon. He was big during the Super Bowl year. He was someone that stayed healthy and he played his position well and ultimately would sign a nice three-year deal with the Carolina Panthers. I don't anticipate an impact that big because we know that Corbett he was on a rookie contract still right we knew that he was going to be with the Rams for multiple seasons whereas in the case with Dotson if it doesn't work out this year okay it's gone you wipe your hands clean and he moves on right he's under contract for one more season so I don't think there's the opportunity for him to really grow into this organization like Corbett did and have that opportunity and make that impact that he had I just don't see that necessarily but I think the similarities are that the offensive line in 2021 they were going through issues. In 2023, they're absolutely going through issues in that there's a lot of youth and inexperience. They're coming off a year where they were plagued by injuries. You need depth. You need some experience in that position. So as far as a guard coming in and solidifying an offensive line, that to me is the number one similarity. And also, too, you look at the schemes. You look at schematically, Dotson wasn't used properly in Pittsburgh, and I think you see him in L.A. with their run schemes that they're going to attack the gaps, and it's going to be a little bit different as far as how they use him on run plays. I think it's going to fit his skill set more than it did in Pittsburgh. So I also think there's that similarity as well. I just don't think he's going to have the overall impact. And speaking of impact, I think the player that's been impacted the most by this is Joe Nopum. And I think that his future with the Rams is as in doubt as it's ever been. I think when you consider the fact that you're paying him as an above average left tackle only to move him to right guard where he's competing with Ankrum and you bring in someone else that provides depth at that position I think we're looking at a potential trade. I think they've been shopping him. I think they're looking for a taker to absorb that bloated contract. And look, I think there's a couple options. You could trade him. You could cut him. Now, if you did cut him, they wouldn't save any money this year. But if you can find someone in the trade market, I think that would make a lot of sense. I think you look at No Boom. He's injury prone. He's someone that can absolutely provide depth. But still, I think if it's a situation where you don't think he's going to be a part of this team this year, Moving forward, I think why not? Look for a trade partner and you go with the guys you have because they're very high on Alaric Jackson at the left tackle spot. And the minute he didn't win that position battle, 
that's when really it put the wheels in motion. You started to see that smoke because the way they've been dealing with his quote-unquote undisclosed injury during training camp, it's been downright weird. They haven't said flat out that he's hurt or what he's dealing with. He gets back into doing individual team drills last week against the Denver Broncos. And then when Sean McVay was asked about no boom being one of the best five linemen, he said yes. So maybe that was an attempt to build and boost his trade value. So I think it's very interesting to see what's going on with no boom. And yeah, you look at adding another guy to a position that he was battling with and he hasn't done much during training camp. Could you really see no boom being their week one starter? I think the answer is no. And I think that if there is a team that's willing to trade for him, I think they would pull the trigger. So it'll be very interesting to see the future with no boom in the Rams and what that means for that. It does feel like that's the reason why he was strangely held out during most of training camp. And even his demeanor on the sidelines really kind of lets you know that something is up. And look, I think it's no fault of no boom's own that he's been injured, but even his opportunities, he didn't look great. I mean, the one time he did flash was when he was filling in for Andrew Whitworth. He started the playoff game there in the division series. He looked good. And I think you could sell that enough to teams out there saying, okay, this is someone who's shown in the past that he can be a competent starting left tackle at the second most important position in the NFL. So that's something to closely monitor. I think there's a pretty decent chance that Dotson does end up starting, but I think he impacts the food chain in a major way. Now, as far as who will make this team, who is going to get cut, who's going to make this 53-man roster, who's on the bubble, we got eight players that they could cut or keep. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of Fantasy Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, right, all the way around, back again. No waivers, no trades. Underdog, set your best lineup every single week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. That's the largest fantasy football contest of all time, and it is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absolutely absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so you want to make sure that you do not wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. You heard me right, doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Rams, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. And also, one more shout-out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you. And you can be an everyday listener, too, guys. Just join the club. Membership is 100% free, and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. But here in the third segment, we've got eight players the Rams could cut or keep. And we're going to start with safety Tanner Engel. Now, 
He's played just 29 snaps in three games, but he's someone that has made the most of his opportunity. He had a sack. He had two tackles. He's been around the ball. He's been very active. And I think he's someone that could have an impact on special teams. I think he's someone that makes this team. So I think Tanner Ingle ultimately makes the cut. And you've got another safety in Quindell Johnson. Now, Quindell Johnson has made the most of his opportunities. He's opened some eyes and turned some heads, especially with his tackling ability, an 87.4 tackling grade throughout the preseason. If you look at his performance in the preseason finale, he was their best player on defense. He led the team with eight tackles. He had one sack. He had the big pass breakup that prevented a touchdown. Now, I do think ultimately he's going to be on the outside looking in, and he won't make the 53-man roster, but I think that he screams practice squad. He's a guy that could provide depth at that level, so I think that that's where he ends up. Now, Jason Taylor is going to be very interesting because the Rams, they were high on him. They picked him up in the seventh round. He missed two preseason games due to that soft tissue injury, so he wasn't able to get out there and pop and really impress coaches and make his case for this team. But he's someone I could see starting the year on the IR because they don't want to lose him and they think he has a lot of potential and upside, but he still has to make the team. Now, will that happen? That's the difficult one. I think ultimately, if you look at the safeties right now, the fact that you signed John Johnson, that made that less likely. So maybe that doesn't happen, but that's going to be one that you're going to want to closely, closely keep your eyes on down the stretch here. And then wide receiver Tyler Johnson. So Tyler Johnson has been the most productive Rams receiver, but he's still behind Demarcus Robinson. Demarcus Robinson, he has more upside. He can play the X. He can provide depth behind Van Jefferson. He's a better blocker. He's more dynamic. He's someone that during the training camp joint practice sessions has been more impressive than Tyler Johnson, whereas Johnson, he built that chemistry with Stetson Bennett and was able to make some big plays during their preseason games. And if you look at his other competition, we got Ben Skoranek. He's someone that's been in this system. He has experience in this offense. He's a better blocker. Sko's going to make this team. And look, I think if the Rams were going to keep seven receivers, Tyler Johnson absolutely would be that guy. But Sean McVay has essentially indicated that they're probably Probably going to take six receivers, so he could be on the outside looking. I think Demarcus Robinson and Sko, they're going to make the team. Of course, Puka, Tutu, Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup. If you look at this Rams receiving room, there's some pretty nice depth along this this team and this group. So I think that Tyler Johnson, unless they take seven, it's going to be tough sledding for him to make this team. Then you got Deswan Johnson. He had a really nice showing there in the Rams' final preseason game against the Broncos. He finished second on the team with five pressures. Four of those, though, they came on Saturday night, right? So four pressures on Saturday night, and he really made a late case. Overall, his defensive grade has been at 78.6 during the preseason. That's been the best on the team. So he's someone that is Mr. Relevant. He was the last pick in the draft. But the issue with him is he didn't impress early on. Has he done enough to make up for that? that later and make this team I think that's possible I think most likely he ends up on the practice squad and you got outside linebacker Oshawan Mathis He's someone I think could make the team and also be placed on the IR. He's still dealing with that knee injury, a former six-round pick. He has that upside at the edge rusher spot. I don't think they want to give up on him too early here. I think you keep him, you throw him on that IR, and then you bring someone else in 
to take that spot while he fully recovers. So, yeah, I think they're still going to keep him. I doubt they'll cut bay with him. I think that they have a lot of belief in his ability, and he's someone at that edge rusher spot, a premium position. They're trying to find out who are going to be the guys moving forward. I think part of what this season is all about is seeing who can contribute, not just this year, but down the line, and kind of reassess what they have to go get after this year with that cap space, with those draft picks, and the war chest they're going to have. So, I think he'll ultimately be on this team, but it'll start on the IR. And you got A.J. Curry, a seventh-round pick in 2022. He's big, of course, 6'7", 320 pounds. He's got the physical tools to be a tackle at this level. So I think he's someone that is going to be on the practice squad. And I think you got the depth with Dotson. I don't think he makes the 53-man roster, but I think he's someone that definitely makes that practice squad. And then there's Lance McCutcheon. So the writing's been on the wall for Lance McCutcheon. Last year, he was outstanding during the preseason. He's someone that didn't make the most of his opportunity in the regular season, struggled to get separation. And I think this year, you just haven't seen enough. And the Rams, they added depth. You drafted Puka Nakua. You've added Demarcus Robinson and Tyler Johnson. I think Austin Trammell is ahead of Lance McCutcheon. So I don't think he's in strong consideration, but I think we have to talk about it considering how high he was at this time last year. I think Lance McCutcheon, he might as well be Jamal Adams trying to get into the practice facility because that practice facility, they're going to change the code on him, right? He is not going to be on this 53-man roster. In the Rams preseason finale, he had one catch for seven yards. So during the preseason as a whole, he has three catches for 35 yards in three games. So he is not going to make the cut. And quite frankly, even if they were to take eight receivers, I don't think he would make the team. I think Austin Trammell is firmly in front of him. I think you could make the case for some other guys based on what they can do on special teams. So yeah, it's very difficult to make a 53-man roster. These guys are all fighting for jobs. That's what makes the preseason so compelling. And the reality is you only get a couple opportunities. You get three games max, and you have to make the most of it when you consider how competitive it is, how razor thin it is on the margins. And it's going to be Lance McCutcheon. He's not going to make this team. But that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Rams. On tomorrow's episode, we'll be discussing Stetson Bennett and if the Rams need to go out and sign another backup quarterback. That'll be on tomorrow's episode. But that is going to do it for today's episode. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And until next time, whose house? It's Locked on Rams House.